You're listening to How Did I Get Here? A deep dive into our journey to find the dream job. I'm your host, Jason Fish, and today I'm joined by Chris Garinger, the number one recommended recruiter on LinkedIn. Chris has previously worked at Samsung, Apple, VMware, and Tesla, just to name a few. Chris currently works at another large technology company. I'm extremely excited to have Chris on for what will be two episodes of the podcast. The first, which you are listening to right now, will be about his career path and questions relating to the recruiting field. Part two of our interview will air next week and will be focused on questions you wish you could ask a university recruiter at a major tech company. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Chris to the podcast. Welcome, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Jason. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, very excited to uh, have you on for an episode or two of the podcast. So to get started, you graduated from Texas Tech University with a degree in business administration and management. What were your career aspirations at the time? Yeah, great question, Jason. I think um, it's appropriate, too, to walk it back just a little bit. I actually started um, in university as a political science major, thinking that I would uh, go to law school. I uh, took that first year of courses, loved my poli-sci courses, but um, just wasn't sure that law school was going to be appropriate for me and um, kind of didn't want to go the lobbyist route or the <laughs> or the academia route. So kind of took a look at the landscape and what I thought may be able to prepare me best for any direction uh, for a career and, and, and went with business management. Um, with that, obviously, I learned a lot, but, you know, to be honest, I wasn't exactly sure what it was that I wanted to do upon graduation. Had, um Gotten introduced to a couple of uh, different folks, uh, Morgan, on the mortgage lending uh, direction. So kind of toss that around. But but again, to answer your question, really wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And so how did you first discover recruiting or what did your first, I guess, recruiting job look like? Yeah, great question. So I actually discovered recruiting through a friend of mine uh, shortly after university. Uh, his girlfriend, uh, wife now, uh, was in recruiting. Um, more on the agency side. So being that third party, if you will. And, um, you know, he knows me, he knows, uh, he knows kind of what I'm like, and especially in my younger uh, days and, and having that hustle and uh, advised me to connect with her and chat with her about recruitment, uh, to which I did and really enjoyed what I, uh, what I heard from her. And that really led me into uh, breaking into uh, the recruitment field, really. And I'm sure we'll get into other details, but that really is what uh, kind of sparked the interest and got me started. And then moving on from, I guess, your first couple of jobs, how did you get into, I guess, tech recruiting and university recruiting? It seems like uh, the at least the last few um, large companies that you've worked at are all in the technology space. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I really got in, um, well, of course, with persistence, but Really, I started on the agency side and was recruiting um, and then kind of got into the healthcare side and, and, and recruiting physicians. And um, and that was great. Uh, but as I started to look at what really I had a passion for and what maybe would drive me, I really started to look at around it. How could I help students and kind of came about the understanding that there is a whole section of recruiting for university students and interns and new grads. And decided, you know, I think that's probably where I would like to take my career. Um, it's not always easy to break into that. Um, and uh, especially kind of making the jump from an agency side recruiter into the corporate environment. So working for the company themselves in-house, um, that can be difficult. 
And um, I had taken a short stint actually living in South Korea, uh, teaching English. And when I came back from that, I really leveraged that experience to take a look around and see what companies, what leaders of companies um, are out there and maybe looking for university recruiters uh, because I wanted to kind of combine these two passions of mine. And uh, living in Dallas at the time really kind of came across a great opportunity uh, at Ericsson. Uh, Ericsson being in, in telecom, uh, so I was, had the ability to uh, get into that tech space um, from a telco perspective and also help uh, students. And so uh, I got fortunate um, to uh, to go through that interview process. I think I mentioned Korea because I think the time in Korea and kind of that type of adventure and, um, and even helping all those younger students really opened uh, the doors for me and opened those conversations during the interview process to show that um, helping students really was a true passion of mine, whether it be from a younger years all the way to university. And so after Ericsson, what was next for you? Yeah, so great question. So um, I was at Ericsson uh, for a little while. Uh, that was a you know a short stint because it was a contract role. And again, I was willing to do that um, in an effort to, to break through that, that door, if you will. Uh, from there, really, I went on to working for a startup. Um, so I went from a very large tech company uh, in Ericsson, uh, it's a global company, into a smaller startup, although they were still global. Um, and uh, the reason I went there was because I actually had the opportunity to be their first in-house recruiter. So I, I'd done the university piece of it for a little bit, and I kind of wanted to try my hand at doing the full-time recruitment. And it was also really exciting for me to be uh, in a position to build a recruitment function for this company and build that out. So that's what I did. I joined them really laid out all the foundations uh, for those recruiters out there. I can say that uh, when I went uh, to this company, we didn't have an applicant tracking system. So I literally had stacks of resumes on my desk in, in different manila folders and, and physically handing them to managers. So kind of dates me a little bit, but it, it, it shows um, a little bit about what that opportunity was and why it excited me. And, and I did that for a while until the point of them tapping me on the shoulder, shoulder to start their university recruiting program. Uh, so their formalized internship program. And, um, and then so, you know, with my experience previously at Ericsson, I was able to really get that off the ground for them. What challenges did you face? You know, you talked about how they didn't have their own recruiting program and all the resumes, you know, were just papers on your desk. What other challenges did you have um, being the first in-house recruiter at the startup? Yeah, that's a really great question. Uh, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of problems there, Jason. Um, but I think what comes to mind, one of the biggest ones, is creating a very uh, good relationship between recruitment and HR, the generalized HR function and, and generalized recruitment function, and the business. And to expound on that a little bit more for you, uh, this company in particular, like a lot of companies when they're getting started, they put um, all of their openings out to third-party recruiters for help. Um, and so um, that can be really great, uh, but it can also cause a lot of uh, issues uh, throughout that recruitment process from, you know, poor candidate experience, poor uh, management experience, a lot of things. So in coming into that, I had to really change that paradigm, make that real paradigm shift for them to know that, hey, listen, um, this is new. Uh, we're all going to go through this together, but just trust that I am going to be a resource. I'm going to provide a really, really uh, great experience and try to build a world-class experience for, for you, uh, hiring manager, but also externally uh, for our candidates or our potential candidates that were coming through. 
And that piece takes a long time. Like any relationship, I'm sure you can imagine, Jason, I'm sure your listeners can imagine. Um, it doesn't start immediately uh, being uh, 100%. You have to grow with that. And there's trials, there's tribulations. There are opportunities where uh, you have to show up to the table and say, hey, I messed that one up. Let's learn from that and let's move on. And there's also opportunities on the other side of that coin where you knock it out of the park and that <laughs> obviously expedites that trust capital that you're building. So that would be a first one that, that I would say really kind of comes to the top of my mind in that question that you asked. Hmm. And then so moving on after your time there, you worked at Samsung, Apple, VMware, Tesla, and then um, your current role now. So you know, kind of looking at all of those companies, your job look like, you know, on a day to day basis? Yeah, great question. Uh, that day to day basis can can change uh, drastically depending on the time of the season in recruitment um, or, or the situation. But in general, Jason, for me, what I'm trying to do is kind of break up my day in, in a multitude of areas. Um, and it starts very first in the in the morning. And that is education. And what I mean by that is I have, uh, for example, I have Google Alerts that set up um, that are bringing me information about my company, bringing me information about universities I may be partnering with or areas of the business I may be uh, recruiting on. Let's just say, for example, that would be machine learning or, or AI. Um, and so I'm getting that information coming to me. So you know, again, first thing in the morning, I do go through those Google alerts. I read through those, see if there's anything exciting. If there is something exciting, I'll follow that up by posting it on LinkedIn, for example, or maybe going and finding that individual that was named in that article and finding them on LinkedIn and trying to connect with them, sending them some kind of message. Um, I also uh, read several uh, daily newsletters. Um, so I'll go through those as well. Again, just trying to stay up on current events um, and, and things that I think may help me in the recruitment aspect and or just honestly valuable information that I can provide out into the world. Um, from there, I really shift into my actual day job. And so um, what I'm trying to do first and foremost is, is be um, as receptive to candidates and be as, as organized to candidates as I can be. So I have my day, especially my morning, blocked off with different um, times of day, different uh, days of the week for certain tasks, whether that is, you know, following up, following up with LinkedIn messages, whether that is running reports within my applicant tracking system to make sure that, you know, I followed up with candidates that maybe interviewed that week or the week prior. Uh, because one of the biggest goals for me uh, is to make sure that every single candidate experience is the absolute best it can be. And so I'm having to just make sure that I'm doing everything possible for that. So I'll go through those, you know, kind of morning rituals, if you will, in regards to my calendar. Uh, from there, of course, I, I'm looking at email. I'm looking at what are my hiring managers asking of me? What tasks do I have carried over from the day before? Um, I'm kind of old school in that I have a notebook and I have a weekly uh, running uh, task list. So I'll take a look at that, see what I can try to check off there, or at least what I can, you know, keep moving forward. And, um, and I'll work through that. Um, and that'll usually take me up, you know, closer to, to lunchtime. Um, that's in a mix of also meetings, <laughs> as we all have here and there. Um, and then from there, really, what I'm trying to do is source. I'm trying to find really great candidates, uh, trying to connect with them, and then ultimately getting those individuals in front of my hiring managers uh, for a review. 
And of course, from there, you know, you're walking, walking all the way through the different stages of process, whether that is submitting that individual to the manager, whether that's, you know, the manager asking questions about the candidate and, and following up with them and so on and so forth. And, and, um, and so, you know, at a kind of high level, um, that's generally how I break up uh, my day. Once again, there's meetings that come in, there's fire drills that come in like anywhere else. And I try to mitigate those. But I, I will say, um, I feel like I have a really good ability to mitigate those fire drills because I stay so organized and because I have my, you know, my calendar blocked off with different tasks for different days and different times of day. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of look into to what that normal day would look like. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd like to touch on uh, something that you mentioned with staying organized. And you just, you said that you are kind of old school with a notebook and a running task list. And you know, I've interviewed and interned at multiple companies that have large internship programs, maybe a few hundred um, interns, which means they must have interviewed thousands of them. So what other tools are you using to stay organized on a daily basis? Yeah, really great question. Um, I have a multitude of different tools that I've used over the course of my career, and it kind of depends on the company because some companies, you know, have certain tools that, that you must use to stay organized. Uh, but for me, it goes all the way going back um, is Evernote. Um, so I'm a huge Evernote fan. I think the uh, mobile uh, UI is wonderful. I, I think the the desktop UI is wonderful as well, um, and good search function. So. Uh, for example, Jason, like if I go into a meeting with somebody, I would normally pull up my Evernote and I would just take notes there right on my laptop because it's searchable um, and I don't have to worry about going back and trying to look for a handwritten note in my notepad. Um, we're a big Google uh, company as well, and multiple companies I've worked for are Google companies. So of course, you've got you know Google Sheets is a is a great way. Um, there's also you know other opportunities out there to use like let's say a product like Quip. Uh, for example, if you want, if you weren't an Evernote person or uh, you wanted a different tool like Evernote, Quip is a really good uh, option for you there. Um, and then also you can look at just purely old school Excel spreadsheets, <laughs> Word docs, um, those types of things. But I find that in those Excel spreadsheets or Google Sheets, whichever one that you're using, that's just a really great way uh, to stay organized. Uh, for me personally, it's really great because I do, as you mentioned, so many candidates that I'm working with. And if I've got that that sheet open, I can plug in that information. It's searchable. I can take that, you know, year over year, copy paste, whatever the case may be. Um, it's really, really easy for me to stay organized, not only today, but years into the future. And then, like I said, too, I can do a quick look back on years in the past um, because I'm staying organized. And I'm always trying to find better ways uh, to be efficient. Um, so, if uh, if you or any of the listeners as well have any other amazing tools that they like to use on a daily basis, I'd love to hear about them. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've started using uh, you know an iPad, like you said, taking notes online. It's just uh, super helpful and uh, saves you a lot of time when you're going back to review those notes and meeting agendas and stuff. It's it's the quickest way, you know, with the new technology nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, so moving uh, on a little bit, what would you say is your favorite part about recruiting? Yeah, you know, my favorite part about recruiting is helping people land that job. Um, and, and in the student space, um, I think it's even more exciting. It, it is for me personally. A lot of times um, I am opening the door for someone to uh, maybe their first internship, and or maybe the internship of their dreams. And, and that may sound really corny and, uh, and the listeners may feel that, but, it, but in all honesty, it's true. Um, and 
you know, I've worked with students that, um, you know, again, have dreamed to work for some of the companies that I've worked for and recruited for. Um, some of these folks, you know, have, um, you know, have, have gone through, you know, treacherous times or, 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 you know, getting through to university, uh, maybe getting to the United States, for example. And uh, for me to be able to help them achieve that goal or that lifetime um, internship or even full-time opportunity, it just makes me feel so good. And one of the things as well, kind of double click on that, Jason, is that, you know, when I look back at, at my time in, in university, I was a little bit lost in regards to, you know, how to get an internship or what companies to work for, or who do I even partner with? And, and, or even after I graduated, like I said, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. So for me as well, to be able to provide that kind of level of service, guidance, uh, support, whatever you want to call it, um, it just really, really um, is a thing that, that drives me every single day. And it's one of the reasons, honestly, that um, I have been so drawn to the university recruitment space over the years. Hmm. And what would you say are some you know, possible differences in recruiting process or maybe the internship program between some of the you know, more recent companies that you've worked at? Or is there anything that might stand out in particular? Yeah, there's a lot of differences um, in between different companies and their recruitment process. Um, you know, simply put, some companies are recruiting year round. Um, so you could look at a Tesla, for example, and you know they're recruiting spring, summer, and fall. So that never stops. Um, and then you could look at other companies, you know, like Apple, for example, where the good majority of it was summer recruitment, summer intern recruitment. So um, from those differences, you're going to have different recruitment cycles. You're going to have different uh, recruitment strategies as well. Um, and so that would be, you know, that would be first and foremost, a really big one. Uh, the other thing, too, um, that, that's different is how these companies go about finding their talent. And some of these companies um, really put a lot of time and money and effort into campus recruitment, getting, you know, boots on ground, if you will, um, to find these students and recruit them, that face-to-face -face interaction. Other companies um, don't have the ability or don't have the funds uh, at times to be able to do that. So they're looking at it more from a virtual aspect. So if, if that is uh, the type of company that you're trying to get into, you know, it would behoove you as a candidate to be making these connections online, be it LinkedIn or, or wherever, uh, wherever else you may be trying to network. And so you may be able to grab the attention of somebody there, uh, opposed to in the first example, actually getting out to these events on campus and trying to meet recruiters there. So kind of top of mind real quick, you know, differences in, in, in between companies. That's kind of what comes to mind, Jason. Awesome. And you made a, a lot of great points there that I'm going to touch on in our uh, second part, which will be the second episode. So we'll, I'm going to save a few of those points for later. Um, I just have two more questions for you for the first episode here. Um, so what do you wish you had done differently in your business journey thus far? Yeah, wow. That's a really big question. Um I think I'd like to say I would do nothing differently <laughs> because I'm I'm here in a really good spot right now. Um, but you know, I think that it, it it even starts out even before uh, my business career, and that would have been to take more advantage of the resources that were available to me in university. 
so whether it be career services, whether it be networking events. Um, so I, I don't, I didn't want that to, to be lost, but really to kind of come back to your question, my business career, you know, I think that I would have really done um, more in trying to get onto the corporate and university recruiting side of things earlier in my recruitment career. Um, and the reason is, is because like I was mentioning earlier, I just love it. I found such a passion for it. And um, if I could add another, you know, three, four, five years of, of that good feeling and, and that kind of accomplishment, um, it would just be that much sweeter than it already is uh, today. Awesome. And what would you say has been the biggest turning point in your life so far? And how has that altered your path? Yeah. You know, Jason, I think one of the things that um, has really allowed me, and it's not even one uh, specific turning point, it's a collection of turning points in that um, I have always approached uh, my career uh, in a sense that I wasn't afraid to move uh, for another opportunity. I wasn't afraid to uh, leave a particular opportunity, you know, maybe after what would seem a short while in order to progress my career, maybe to take a new title, maybe to take on a, um, you know, as I was mentioning earlier, take on an opportunity where I get to build the recruitment function or take on an opportunity to work for like a Tesla, for example, where um, I really feel like that technology is changing the world. And so my networking was always continuous and always will be continuous, but I was never afraid to take that call. Um, and, you know, kind of like this, Jason, you reached out to me um, and I, you know, I like to respond to that. And so um, I think if I could give any advice I, and I know some people, you know, like to just have that ability to, to get with a company and stay with that company, you know, uh, and, and maybe that location forever. Um, I would really encourage to or, or challenge them um, to take the opportunity to move, go to a new city, uh, go to a new country. Uh, just get these experiences that will enrich your life, which in turn will enrich your career at some level, whether that be today or whether that be, you know, down the road. Um, and so once again, you know, I, I really feel like these are all little micro turning points, if you will, each single time uh, that I made a career move, especially if that was relocating for that career. All right. That's it for the first of two episodes with Chris. On next week's episode, Chris and I dive into the questions you wish you could ask a university recruiter. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast on your preferred listening platform. Until next time.